Anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 377 now of the Ron and Don Show, and oh yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about the endurance that has endured uh, up in Antarctica for well over a hundred years. A shipwreck has just been discovered. Maybe you've heard about this. And in one of these old wooden boats, you'd expect it to be destroyed. You would not believe the condition uh, that this shipwreck is in. Also, who wrecked the ship? And did anyone die in that shipwreck? We'll talk about it here. Does that happen, what, over 100 years ago? Over 100 years, yes. Unbelievable. Also, Volkswagen, bringing back the bus. Oh, the mini bus. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Ron just did something that I've been reading about in the news, and I feel rather connected to this because I'm a super host with Airbnb, and I currently have, I think, seven Airbnbs uh, that I manage, and we're about to add another one here. Uh, What did you do? Because it sounds like you booked, I know you love to travel, you booked a trip to go to Ukraine? I did not book a trip. I booked a room in Ukraine. You had sent me this article about there are, are various ways that people outside of Ukraine and even outside of Russia are trying to communicate with the people and give assistance to people in both of these countries. So like your average Russian person that may be opposed to this military invasion can't get any information. And so like one thing that's happening is people on the outside are posting restaurant reviews and Yelp because that's a platform that the Kremlin doesn't control. And so you'll go to your local uh, you know, restaurant, and they'll say, five stars, food was great. By the way, this is what's happening in Ukraine. So they'll, in the comments of the rating, they'll put information so that the, a Russian person can read that. Also, in some of the uh, texting apps or dating apps, they will Im- embed information inside of a profile that's not headquartered in Russia to try to get information On the flip side, people are going, how can I help the average everyday uh, Ukrainian or maybe a little, I don't know if it's the average Ukrainian. And so someone came up with the idea. It's like, what if I just go out on the Airbnb, book a room and let them know I'm not coming to your Airbnb. So don't bother cleaning. Don't bother putting fresh bedding on. I'm renting the room so that you can get the money. And how quickly does that happen? So, because I I'm not on as a host on Airbnb, I, I might be coming up later in this year. But when it, when a reservation happens, how quickly does that money end up in the bank account of the host? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you let's say I had someone uh, book my backyard cottage uh, for this summer, and so. They will send a note to me, and they can either book it automatically or I can say, hey, here's some preconditions, especially if they have an animal. Like, I want to talk to them about what's your animal, send me a picture, uh, because I have learned that everybody has a little old, well-behaved dog. 15 pounds. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm in a hundred. I showed pounds. up at one of my Airbnbs the other day, and they said the t- the TV's broken. And I said, just a little sidebar. I said the TV's broken. It's a brand new TV. How can it be broken? They said, well, the table broke and the TV fell down. I'm like. Well, how did the table break? They said, well, the table was just broken. I said, that's interesting. So I went and got a new TV and unannounced, I knocked on the door, which I usually don't do, but I looked through the window, I was horrified. And I walked in and this is an Airbnb that's on a 30-day stay. And I think these folks are for a couple months. They had completely moved into the Airbnb. Uh, They had moved uh, like a little... uh, they they had moved a, like a mini grand piano inside the Airbnb, uh, and then they had these tr- these cat stands for their cats, and then the little well behaved dog was about a hundred and forty pound Rockweiler that when the door opened came over and greeted me right in the crotch. And I like Rockweilers. Uh, sometimes I don't like their owners. Uh, he's a big, big pushy. Have you been around a, a pushy rock? Because sure. they, they'll really push you around. So anyway. He was pushing on me, slobbering on me, this slobber up and down my pants. And I'm like, okay, I now know how the table broke and I know how the TV collapsed. Uh, So I dropped the TV off. Anyway, to answer your question, is the host, you don't get paid till someone checks in. And after they check in, you get paid the day after. Because when they check in, uh, you check in with them to make sure that everything's okay. They can check in with Airbnb to make sure that everything's okay. And then you'll get paid the following day. And then it'll end up, within a week, that money will end up in your bank account. So um, people are booking these rooms with no intention of going. And I was like, you know what? I've been looking for a way to give support to Ukraine. And so I've been following Jose Andreas, who does these World Kitchen things, the, the famous chef. And I love the work that he does. And I've been watching his videos where he's setting up kitchens all along the Ukraine to feed the people of Ukraine. And I was like, maybe I'll give to Jose because uh, I've just always admired uh, how, how he jumped in and Haiti. And he's jumped in. He's or, awesome. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. Great. And then Stephen Colbert had some uh, charities that he put up on his page that I felt like he vetted. So I was looking at those. And then when this article came out, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I like the idea of giving some money to one person. Uh, and I know that some people are rolling their eyes right now going, you can do much more good when you give to an organization like the Red Cross, or you can give to an organization like Jose Andreas, that like that same money could help lots of people. I get that. I know that a lot of times with the Red Cross and you and I, and not to interrupt you, but to, to explain the money you give to the Red Cross for whatever's happening today pays for the tragedy that happens tomorrow. That's right. just, that's it's such a machine. So the, the that's money just, is not, and, and a lot of that's it goes just to the, overhead and, yeah. and so pays the you, electric so bill. So if you're trying to give money to the Red Cross for something that's happening right now, chances are someone already gave it and you're just replenishing the supply for the next person. So it's a very micro, or it's a very macro way to give. And you're looking for a microwave, so uh, microwave. I'm looking for a microwave. Give. So I went microwave. out uh, uh, to... I have always grown up saying Kiev, like chicken Kiev, but everyone's been saying Kiev. So I went because it's because it's changed since the days it's of Kiev. Well, it's changed since the days of the USSR. So it's been it's, it's pronounced been, different. It's now. been pronounced both ways. And plus, a Ukrainian. I talked to a Ukrainian friend of mine about, about this other other day. One of my subs. The way that you might say this in Russia might be different than the way you say it in the Czech Republic, might be different than the way that you say this in the Ukraine. And don't forget, in the Ukraine, about 20% of the population 
in the Ukraine is Russia. And also, I think it's about 17% in Russia, vice versa. So this is very interesting that you have uh, family members and friends, people that are connected, that are involved in a horrible war, uh, and they've been pitted against each other. So I went to Airbnb. I typed in Kiev. And it popped up, uh, and I put the next day. So I was like, I'm not going to book something out a week. I just said for the next this this weekend, uh, right, right when we're recording this show. And um, I started clicking around, and you can when you're on the Airbnb platform, you can see the the owner's picture will pop up when you click on a listing. It will show who the person is. And so I clicked around a couple of apartments uh, that were on the platform. And I found a guy, I don't know how to pronounce these names in the Cyrillic alphabet. It, it's, it's Poma, I believe. Poma, P-O-M, a little A-H. Uh, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. And so I found him. He, I like that you're trying. Though. He That's had, cool. uh, I liked his picture. You can read a little bit about the host. Did he have reviews? He had reviews. He wasn't just, because this would be my concern for people. You, you could jump on today. Uh, Airbnb doesn't come out and and necessarily look at your place and confirm that your place exists. So there could be someone that would go out on that platform today. I could do that, and I could create a rental there, and I could steal pictures. The thing that you can't do is you can't invent reviews. Uh, that comes from Airbnb, so you can't invent those, and you also can't invent the start date. So my start date on Airbnb, for instance, goes back to 2017, and my reviews, I have hundreds of those. And they follow me with with all the units that I have. In the same way, when you're a guest, your reviews will always follow you. So if you're thinking about doing what Ron is doing, which is a really cool idea, make sure that someone has been established on that platform and also make sure that they have reviews and understand this. You may be paying for This is amazing, you guys. You may be paying to stay in a place that no longer exists. Yeah, it could have been bombed. So I, I checked him out. I uh, booked a, a weekend stay and I wrote him this message, you know, when you check in or when you place the reservation, you can message the host. And I said, I hope this money arrives quickly and helps. I'm in Seattle, USA, and will not actually be staying at your place. Stay strong, Ron. And so he then responded within a couple of hours and his, I don't know, he translated it. So he said, thank you very much. It is very good to know that still good people in the world. Please don't stop pray for Ukraine. Thank you. Your support is very important. It is not about money. It, it chokes up a little nah, bit with this I'm guy. Choked. It makes us uh, know we're not alone. There are people that still care for us. This is most important. Billion times thank you. Mm. Uh, and so I just like I like knowing that my money's going to that guy. Yeah. And so and and uh, I just it would have been about them the same a little bit more than what I was going to give to Jose Andreas. Uh, and, and now it's like, oh, maybe I should have picked a different city that was a little, not as well known. Like you, you brought up Odessa or there are other Odessa cities. is very well known. Yeah. But you know, I said, most people think <laughs> For of, certain reasons. Uh, of Kiev. Yeah. Uh, and so there are other cities, uh, in Ukraine, but anyway, I thought that that resonated with me. It might not resonate with everyone. Uh, and I, it makes me happy to know that this one guy, felt touched uh and that sort of was the theme when we were on trust for radio the from your grandfather years ago that said you can't help everyone everywhere you can you, you can help someone somewhere and so i've always affiliated with helping 
someone somewhere to me. It just feels better to me. Maybe it's not the greatest leverage of my money per se, but I, I, I like it. So that's what yeah, I Yeah, I don't know that leverage matters. I, it, it always, I think what matters is the message. And you sent a very clear message, and he sent a very clear message back. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, can you believe this? We've been working with Les Schwab for the past 12 years, but Les Schwab has been around for 70 years now, right here in the great specific Northwest. In fact, they're celebrating with your chance to win a $700 prize certificate. That's pretty amazing. And all you have to do is share your Les Schwab story if you want to enter to win. And to do that, Ron, all you have to do is go to LesSchwab.com. I know that I have stories. You have stories. Mine involves a giant nail in my tire, and they fixed it for free. You can go to LesSchwab.com, tell your story, win that $700 prize. And while you're there, schedule a free pre-trip safety check right online. They will look at your wheels, alignment, brakes, shots, shocks, and struts, all for free. You can schedule yours at LesSchwab.com or just stop by and tell them Ron and Don sent you. That is Les Schwab Tires. We've been doing the right thing since 1952. You can just tell that, they, uh, that they're that they just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with With Ron and Don. Mm -hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. um, And then they just came in with with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we, yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community. And knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now. And we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have. And... Um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, it is time to sell in the Pacific Northwest. I believe there's going to be a correction at some point. If you want to sell, let's do that. If you have a house that has deferred maintenance, meaning it needs lots of work, you're going to have a hard time finding a contractor. I am not. All right. I'm not going to have a hard time. So reach out to us. All you have to do is go to ronandonsitdown.com. That's ronandonsitdown.com. And you can schedule uh, a sit down with us today. Uh, this story is really incredible, and we've been talking about traveling. We've talked about Airbnb. Wouldn't it have been great 106 years ago? Uh, instead of having to get on an old wooden ship, 
That's not double hulled. It's not metal. It's not an icebreaker. Think about what Ernest Henry Shackleton did over 106 years ago, right? He and a number of men, in fact, he did this three times. He led three British expeditions, even though he's from Ireland, Shackleton, right? He led three British expeditions. And on one of those expeditions, Ron, they took a wooden ship by the name of the Endurance. And the incredible thing is they went down to Antarctica. They got stuck. They lived aboard the Endurance. Then they had to abandon ship because the next thing you know, the Endurance is sinking and it sunk 106 years ago in 10,000 feet of water. And they just found it. Well, yeah. And I think at the end, we're going to find out what happened to Shackleton and his crew, because that's an amazing ending to this story. But uh, explorers were out there. Evidently, there's this thing called global warming. The ice was much thinner than typically uh, it is in this time of the year. So they were able to get some uh, vessels out there to do the sonar and to take uh, uh, pictures of the bottom of the ocean. They found an anomaly. They found this hump. They sent down some submersibles, and they came across this ship 10,000 feet down, as you said. It is basically preserved like the day that it went down 106 years ago you normally you, everything deteriorates especially on a wooden vessel and normally it deteriorates all these sea creatures come and they glom onto it and, and in a matter of years their only thing that's left is the metal pieces of the ship so you could have uh the metal fasteners or there might be a mast that survives or the rings that were used on the sails that sort of thing this this vessel is entirely preserved and they think that the temperature of the water is so cold that it just hit the exact right setting for this thing to sit directly on the bow. Now, the interesting thing to me uh, in the, the the high definition photographs are incredible. It's you can sitting, read endurance. You can read endurance on you the see, back, and then you, and then you see the wooden paddle wheel. The paddle wheels, everything's intact. Yeah. So <clears throat> when I was in in Stockholm, they had a similar situation. They built the king wanted this huge boat. Uh, the boat builder said, we can't do, he kept adding cannons and adding all this stuff. And they're like, bad idea. Maiden voyage. It comes out of the Harbor immediately sinks. And it sat there for like 75 years, but the acidity level and the temperature of that water was similar to this where the boat didn't deteriorate. They chose to bring it up. And so they sent down these crews that would inject this wood, with a chemical solution that their scientists came up with so that when they brought it out, it wouldn't immediately fall apart. So they brought this ship up and next to the harbor, they built this building and they placed the ship inside the building and they had to fill up a giant tank with the seawater and let it dry out over like the course of 10 or 15 years. And so now, and then they, it's like moving a goldfish from the, right. from the pet store into your, into your, into your tank. And so you can go in and tour around the ship now. Wow. And so this, this ship though, that we're talking about in the story, evidently there is this law of the, of sea wrecks in these particular waters where it's a historic site. You cannot touch it. You can't go down. Like there's no divers are going to be able to go down there. Extreme temperatures. But even if it was less extreme temperatures, you can't tromp, tromp around, around in there and see if there's bodies down below. Like you can't do any of that. It is preserved. 
They can go down and take pictures. They can mark where it is on GPS, and they can probably send down some submersible vessels to do research. But in terms of like, hey, let's go down and bring this thing up, or I want to retrieve that wheel, and I'm a billionaire. I'm going to hang it on my wall in my game room. Uh, I want some souvenirs. You can't do any of that. Uh, In the Shackleton story, I had initially because I'm not a naval historian, I was like, oh, man, there's there's probably dead bodies in there. There's probably a bunch of dead guys. This was a, a sea wreck, and uh, I bet they're going to find – I kept looking for bones or skeletons or something because it was so well-preserved, and then I read the end of the story. Yeah, there's 27 men that went. Again, he did three expeditions like this. This went on for 10 months. They almost went mad, and five of them went looking for help. They found it. And then he w- – the interesting thing about him, they they all survived. The interesting thing about him is he was in South Georgia, uh, in a, in and he was no longer in the endurance because the endurance was ten thousand uh, nautical feet down, and he was just. Can you imagine being such a great explorer, and you survive that, but you can't. You he, he didn't survive a heart attack. He was just sitting in his bunk one night, had a heart attack, and he ended up passing away. Uh, but. When you look at the courage that all these men have, and also some of the insanity, because they 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 knew when they went down there that things could go incredibly wrong, but in a lot of ways they went incredibly right. I'm always amazed, and I remember the one time Ron and I were doing radio. I think in our we were living in Dallas. You had gone to Houston, and you had gone to the space center there, and you had seen some of the actual. Uh, lunar orbits and some other things that were built to go to the moon. And you came back and you said, no, no wonder people think that this thing was invented and filmed and didn't really happen. Because when you look at the technology of what we did to get to the moon, it's very underwhelming. And you realize that these guys are super badasses and a little crazy and a little insane because back then you were literally just strapping yourself to a rocket and not much more. And I think these intrepid explorers uh, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, I, I think they had that same thing going on in them. That well, just the ar- that prospect ar- of like, let's go to Antarctica. Why? Yeah, that Armstrong and and you imagine and your Glenn average person had, from had in, had in them. The UK, we're going to Antarctica. Why? Yeah. Why would you get on a ship? And go all the way. What are you hoping to find? Why are we yelling at each other? Because we're explorers, Don. We're exploring things. Hey, it's Ron and Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him at Mitch.loans. Mitch, for if you're in the Ron and Don Nation, what happens if I do a loan with you? You're going to save up to half a percent and that's on all purchase loans so you're immediately qualified you switch to mitch and you're a part of the ron and don nation you save half a percent in king county that's over three thousand on average saved and so that's very cool right now if you go to mitch.loans if you're thinking about buying if you're thinking about refinancing if you're thinking about investing or you just want to see where you're at mitch has a ton of different products to, to show you and then at the end you save one half a percent on the value of your loan and if you do 17 loans you can save that one half percent on each of the 17 loans correct that's right i don't know who's going to do 17 loans but if you did hypothetically you get the half a percent every single loan so go to mitch.loans today that's mitch.loans nmls 169 1573
All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you're looking for a loan, go to Mitch.Loans.com, a great advertiser here on the Ron and Don Show. We appreciate him so much. And uh, That website is Mitch.Loans. There's no .com on there. And, uh, if you, oh, is that right? Yeah, it's just Mitch.Loans. Mitch.Loans. And it, it mentioned that you're a Ron and Don listener, right? Yeah, he has a program right now for the Ron and Don Nation if you're getting a new loan where you get half a percent back. Uh, that's an average uh, savings of over $3,000 in King County. Incredible. Yeah. You ready to buy or sell? Ronadonsitdown.com. Let's do a uh, sit down uh, today. I've been wanting to to jump into the EV market. I have an old Forerunner. It doesn't have a lot of miles on it because the radio station was so close when I did terrestrial radio. And then a lot of times I would run to work, walk to work, ride my bike to work. So I have a almost an eight-year-old truck now, and it only has like 59,000 miles on it. So it's something I'm just going to hang on to. It's paid for. Why wouldn't you? But I've also been looking to get a battery-powered car. And one of the things that I haven't liked is there hasn't been a lot of places to charge uh, your car. And then if you want to go somewhere, the distance can be rather limited until now when you look at some of the products that's being put out there. And then also, it was interesting. Like I went to uh, the mall yesterday and... At the village over by uh, the University of Washington. Did you get an Orange Julius? Well, it's interesting because when you pull in there, there's lots and lots of places and spaces now to plug in your car. In yeah. fact, a lot of these parking spaces you can't park in unless you're coming to park your car, which I think is very interesting. Also, you have Elon Musk, who just came out a number of months ago and said, hey, if you guys want to use my charging stations, uh, I won't charge anything. Go ahead and build your cars. Use my charging stations. We just... He, he, he wants to see all this evolve, right? Which I think is really, really interesting, this place that he comes from. Uh, so, and looking at that, I, I, I wanted to jump in and buy the Tesla truck, and then the Tesla truck got delayed. And then I went and measured the, the Tesla truck in my garage, and I'm like, I'm going to be four inches short. I can't put the Tesla the, truck. The Cybertruck won't fit in your garage? I'm going to be four inches short too on that. Too tall or too long? Uh, it's too long. Let's just chop off the back. I know. So then I started looking at other cars. I don't really want a Tesla because I do think when you look through the front windshield, it kind of looks like you're in a bubblegum machine. <laughs> Doesn't it look like that to you? Have I don't. You I one? don't. I, I have, and they're, they're fast they're and fun. Phenomenal. Yeah. Vehicles. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, Volkswagen. Volkswagen's been doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Volvo, not really a Volvo guy, but they've been doing. And 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 then you see, you know, here comes the F one fifty, right? I think that F one fifty. That's a cool looking truck. The Lightning. I think the Lightning is going to be super cool. Volkswagen now announcing. Now announcing that the minibus, the old school minibus, and maybe you drove one back in 67, they're bringing on the old school minibus. And what was interesting with the old school minibuses, some of these were the original Travelers. Some of these were the original Westphalias that had the uh, that were converted over in Germany, and then they were sent over here. And then later on, you could buy the van again uh, with the conversion up until 91, 92. Uh, they had the air-cooled Westphalia, which went from the Vanagon from 1980 to 1983 and a half. Then 83 and up through the early 90s, uh, they had a little bigger engine, and it was water-cooled, not air-cooled. And the early ones that were air-cooled. And then after that, they had kind of the Eurovan Westphalia. And what's really amazing is I've restored a lot. Back in my 20s, 
I restore. I bet I restored 200 of these vans and sold them. This is before the internet. I used to buy these down in Florida, all around the country, bring them back here, go to a website called GoWesty.com. You could buy any aftermarket parts you needed. I had a mechanic that would rebuild the engines, and I sold the hell out of these things. And the interesting thing was, back then, you could buy one. You could buy an 84 down in Florida for 2500 bucks at an auction. I'd bring it back here, and I could, uh, after going through it, I could sell it for 14, 15, sometimes 20 grand. That same Westphalia today that have now completely different engines in them, the 84s and the 85s, the ones that people restored, those are thirty to $60,000. Van life, bro. If you can find a synchro, you're going to pay over. That's a, that's a, that's a four-wheel drive. You're going to pay over that. So anyway, I was never a bus guy, but I love that Westphalia. I love taking them. I love going camping. I love the idea of the stove inside and the sink and the pop-up tent and all that. Uh, and And now... To see, here comes the minibus, and I wonder if they'll they'll try doing some of these camping conversions on the minibus. One of the reasons they stopped doing it, and remember that Euro program, you could do this with Volvo Saab, you could do it with Volkswagen, you could fly over to Europe, you could order your car, fly over there, drive it around, drop it off at any port, fly back to the U.S. They would ship it to the U.S. for free. That's the only way that the synchros got in the country. So if you see a synchro, it was never shipped. And a lot of that has to do with luxury tax laws and tort laws and everything else. So uh, a lot of the conversions that we see now that might say Westphalia on them or they might say Winnebago, those things are actually done. The shells are sent and they do it here in the States because that way they're not they're not shipping it as an RV because the taxes on our RV versus... A regular minibus is very, very different. What did you think of the... They, they have released some photograph 3D renderings of this brand new Volkswagen cool. minibus. Super cool. And they, they don't... It, it's similar. Like, you can tell it's a Volkswagen, but it's more futuristic. It's a lot sleeker. Uh, the color palettes are kind of harken back to the 60s and 70s. Uh, the interior it, it doesn't look anything like the old vans, in my opinion. It's got a big, uh, like an iPad-looking screen next to the dashboard. But from afar, you, you're, you're going to know that it's a Volkswagen. They're going to sell the hell out of it because people love the vans. They love the van life. And, and the difference now, a lot of my friends that live the van life, they're on apps, and, and they talk to other people all around the country that are living the van life. And they'll tell you where to go, what to stay, how much it's not going to cost, where you can stay for free. This is a restaurant you should hit. I mean, it, it, it's really a connected community. Uh, the problem still with EV, I mean, even as gas prices are surging right now, and as we talk, I saw some gasoline for $7 a gallon today. It, it, it is still more affordable, even at $7 an hour, to drive a car with a combustible engine. So would the Mini uh, Volkswagen fit in the garage? Yes. Nice. I already measured. <laughs> hey, you guys. Thanks for stopping by episode 377 of the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate that. Uh, don't forget, we do the show for you for free. Uh, that's why we still appreciate our sponsors like Les Schwab is our title sponsor. We're uh, back. We're live right now in the Les Schwab studios. There's tires and brakes uh, everywhere. And some guy just sitting around. Hey, Benny, get back to work. Anyway. Just joking. His name is a little radio hijinks. Just, just, yeah. His name is actually Ben. I didn't want to give it away. 
It's not Benny. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, we have a buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook. It's a cup of coffee. It'd take you about 20 minutes online to read it. How do they get it? You can go to ronanddonsitdown.com. You can also email me directly, ron at windermere.com. We can set that up. As Don said, uh, this is the time to sell historic. In our lifetimes, there have never been a better time to sell than there is right now. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thanks for stopping by the Ron and Don Show. You keep your head up, your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time right here only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.